The Minnesota State Lottery, proud sponsor of your hometown Timberwolves since 2005. If anyone knows the lottery, it's the Wolves. Welcome to episode 48 of Wolves Cast, the show with the host who's been braiding his hair all season long. It's hosted by myself and my brother. I'm Neil. I'm Scott, and my wife braids my hair. Shout out to Meg. I know. I just know if she heard that, she like, would, she would kill me if I didn't give her the due credit. I well, can't braid my own hair, but you've been braiding it in the sense that you've been wearing braids. I've been wearing braids. I've been rocking braids, but my wife is quite talented. But we're not going to go back and change the intro. No, no, no. <laughs> I think it's a good look for Andrew, though. We're going to talk about that a little yeah. bit later on the show, among many other topics. Wiggy's got some braids. Is there a spot on the All NBA team for Cat? We also got more questions in our mailbag segment. You sent us a lot of great questions. We appreciate it. We didn't even have to make up any this time. Whoa, that's new. Yeah, rare. (laughs) Uh, We're going to talk about this week's games, of course. We have a sponsor, as always. And we'll play a little bit of a game at the end. Neil doesn't know what's in store for him yet. A mystery game. I think he can do all right. We'll see. A mystery game awaits. Indeed. Yes, we are back. With it's another good. episode of Wolves Cast for ya. I, I, I was going to make the theme of this week like the letter L, and, but we, we got a W on against the Pacers, and so <laughs> at least we had L. that. It was going to be like a Sesame Street thing where yeah. everything's going to be L-themed. Sponsored this week. Taking the, all the L's. By the letter L. But no, they got one. They got one. It's kind of a rough week, you know? Very uh, rough week. We've had a lot of rough marches in Timberwolves history, and this was a pretty good march. You know, this has been a bad, yeah. like... Last like week or two, maybe. But there have been times where we like we went winless in March. I remember because it's that part of the season where if you're not making the playoffs, it's just Ooh. hard to bring that energy. You Shut know? it down. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like when we're playing and pick up basketball. You, no matter how hard you're trying, when it's like last next point is going to win it, you try way harder. You suddenly reach into the reserve. Right. The reserve tank is always there. When you have something on the line, you try harder. And, you know, you can't fake having something on the line. You can saw that intensity from Portland. (laughs) And then the Lakers game. I guess we should start with the Lakers game. Yeah, we'll dive right in. Lakers, Friday. What a weird NBA game. In the sense that, like, it felt like a like a pickup basketball game. Speaking of pickup basketball, it was a fun game to watch. Oh yeah, it was a great game to watch for reals. Like, very entertaining. Lots of buckets. Wolves lose one thirty to one nineteen in OT. Uh, lots of buckets. Very little defense, of course, with yeah. a score like that. Yeah. Um, and I liked watching it because the three guard lineup we got with uh, that was fun to see. You know, th- this is the kind of team that Dunn had a great game against them, and yeah. this is the kind of team that Dunn will excel against. As the NBA gets increasingly small, like the Lakers are just kind of like running out like three or four guard lineups sometimes, and so we can match and, and match up. And Dunn can guard, you know, slightly above his size as well. So it's really fun to have uh, be able to have Ricky and Dunn and Tyus on the court at the same time. But even when he just have the backcourt of Ricky and Dunn, I like the defense. Yeah, it was a fun game. Wolves, uh, you know, they were in control from for a lot of it, uh, especially there in the middle of the game, most of the second and third quarter, they were up. Um, but the Lakers hung around. Uh, Jordan Clarkson um, had a career night. He had a career high eight threes. Everything, everything he was throwing up was just falling down. And, you know, and all this has to be prefaced by saying the Lakers are the most actively tanking team in the league. No oh, one yeah. else oh, the is Suns. tanking like they're tanking. The Suns are pretty up there, yeah, too. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's They've true. They've both shut down all their veterans. All like, the vets are shut the down. The Suns started like the youngest lineup <laughs> uh, yeah. of starters in NBA history the other day. If only they still had Bender, but he's done for 
the season. They, they had, oh, they could have, yeah, yeah, pushed the age down. Yeah, they got Chris more. and Booker. Yeah, yeah, they had Booker scoring 70 and losing that game still. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's the kind of stuff, though, like when we were on a team that was actively tanking, like when Corey scored 52 in a meaningless end of season game against the Rockets. Still that, fun. That meant something to me. Still fun. You know? <laughs> still fun. Yeah, I have that here, too. The, well, this Lakers team reminds me of the, the Wiggins Levine run them out there. Tank for Towns, like kind of year, oh, and yeah. the Lakers are doing that right now. The Lakers are one in uh, fifteen going into this game last Friday before they beat the Wolves. So that tells you what they were up against and all the misfortune that had come down upon LA. They've been trying to lose these games. Um, I kind of this reminds me too of uh, the season that Golden State was blatantly tanking to get to keep their pick for Harrison Barnes. Oh yeah, that became Harrison Barnes because if it became less than like an eighth pick, they would lose it. And so they were right at that margin. They tanked so hard down the stretch. And I remember they still beat the Wolves both times <laughs> during that like tanking stretch. Like their two wins. And I always remember like, man, we can't even beat the tanking teams. Um, the but- Wolves are currently playing the Lakers. We're recording this on Thursday, uh, I believe the 30th. Um, and and uh, they're currently playing as we record this. So, yeah, the Wolves have three games, three of their final, like, 13 you, games You will know the, the outcome of this game. You will know. Yeah, we don't know. But, yeah, the Lakers definitely a team that wants to lose to the Wolves. I'm um, thinking, here. I'm I'm kind of hopeful that we lose tonight. Ooh. Because here's my theory. I would like the Lakers. Nothing would give me greater satisfaction than to see the Lakers. Me too. Get out of the top three picks and lose their pick for the yeah. year. Fourth. I, fourth. Yeah, fourth pick. And yeah. so, you know what? If it takes us, you know, laying down twice against them, <laughs> that's fine. That's fine by me. I'll never be happier about a Lakers win over the Timberwolves because yeah. that would be hilarious. Yeah, I think even Ingram's not playing against the Wolves in this game on Thursday night. Like, the Lakers are even down even further than they were in, yeah. in, in this previous game last week <laughs> against the Lakers. But, yeah, that'd be wonderful, especially because – you know, they would lose their pick to an Eastern Conference team, right? You want to oh, yeah. you want to level the playing field a, a little point. bit. You want to smooth things out. So that's fine if the Lakers pick instead goes to the Sixers for, you know, what will become, you know, what, how, you know how their team will be five years from now or something like that. So, yeah, I would definitely be Probably down with that. Probably just strapped an injury-prone big man. Yeah. Someone yeah. with foot problems. But, yeah, Laker, uh, Laker game, That was it was a fun one. Wolves lose, though. Um, you know, Staples, Staples Center late in the game, late in the season. That's how it you know, is. You get, up to, is. you get up to mischief when you fly into L.A. You <laughs> Ricky know? always plays well in Staples, though. He had a great game. It's true. I and, marked down uh, Ricky, uh, Ricky, Staples Ricky. Staples Ricky is great. <laughs> and uh, Wiggins had a, a fun, you know, game. Oh, yeah. He was uh, obviously trying harder for the Staples crowd as well. He was, like, joking it up with Jack Nicholson. Oh, yeah. I saw that. Yeah, Give him little dabs. Little dabs right that's there. How you, that's how you Ooh. know you're really making it's it. You're doing you know? something right. You're getting crazy Jack getting yeah. Yeah, Jack's like, what's up? And so that that was fun, even if, uh, you know, the outcome just... Actually, I was fine with the outcome. Let's get the Lakers that four pick, like I said. Yeah, let's let's knock them down a little bit. That'd be okay. That'd be okay with me. <laughs> let's move on to our next game. Yeah, we got Portland. Um, next The next night, back-to-back, Saturday. I think that uh, because there was a bunch of garbage time in this game, that we should have some garbage time in our show right now. Oh, or, like we should add some... I guess we should really actually get, like, if Becky didn't leave on the walk yet, like, get her in here to talk about it for a few minutes so that we can have the role players in. Just like, hey, everyone, I know you came to hear about the Timberwolves, but Neil and I are going to talk about, you know, movies. Yeah, yeah. I just yeah. saw an episode of Catfish before coming over here where it was, the outcome was legitimately the most evil people I've ever seen on Catfish. <laughs> just it giving was you some junk. Incredible. It was get out the movie in TV form. 
Yeah. What Wolves, an episode of Catfish. Wolves lose 100 to 112 here. It turns out Portland is in a playoff race right now. They, oh, my gosh. They, want, they wanted this game more than we did. This game was really hard to watch. It was brutal. Uh, I didn't want to watch the second half. After they were down like 16 the and a half. And it was the same stuff. Like It was just Nurkic can set huge screens because mm. he's a big guy, and we weren't fighting through him. And it was just you know the Lillard and especially McCollum just killing us when they get uh, they only need an inch of space and Nurkic just giving them a few feet, you know, mm. and that's all they need. And they were just killing us with that. And man, what a frustrating! Game. I'm getting frustrated just remember watching this. I was like, I why do I have to host a podcast? Yeah, why do I have to keep watching this? This is a rough one. The, the Portland Trailblazers are really bad at defense, but the Wolves came in and matched them with their bad defense. Minnesota gave up 94 points in three quarters. <laughs> Finished with one one twelve hung on them, so you know the Blazers. Like we said, they're they're hustling. They're trying to get that AC. They're trying to get swept by the by the by the Golden State Warriors. Oh, right you know now. they can get one. <laughs> Did they get one? They can get one. Lauren McCollum can get one. I feel like I believe Excuse in that their ability to get one more than I believe in Denver's ability Denver, to get one. But. That's probably true. Portland has lots of experience, at least, of being in the playoffs. And, Which uh, man, I bet Denver would be the more physical team on Durant's knee. You know, yeah, that'd be the team that would be playing dirty like that. So. Yeah. Maybe that's the team they want to. I mean, you matching up with him for Portland's pretty good, but yeah, yeah I don't know who would be for for Denver like like Chandler. Yeah, I don't you know. know. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, can get him some trouble. I we'll bet, see. I bet Durant doesn't want anything to do with Nurkic sending screens. We'll see. Yeah. So last, uh, this was uh, that was a bad game. This was uh, uh, the the game that sent the sent the Wolves to their uh, season high six straight loss, Oof. six in a row right here. March. That's, that's uh yeah so the wolves finish out the year uh, uh you know you know uh, west coast road trip right there uh you know going six straight losses pretty bad that kind of uh you know also a lot, a lot of bad defense in that stretch so you know yeah it was it was it was a rough one for the wolves you know it's right before that it's very interesting because right before that they probably played their best ball the whole season right like the two weeks before that was when we were the most excited about the wolves and then they just fall back to earth in a major way. Who knew Nemanja Bielitsa was the most important player <laughs> on our team? He was the linchpin. We need that guy. Oh, we lost him and everything went downhill. So, yeah, frustrating. Um, but at least we had a Tuesday win to right. pick us up. That's right. Early we'll game. I got to watch it at Trivia. Nice. This place called Darby's. Oh, yeah, 6 o'clock See, that's tip. the thing. If you're a Wolves fan or a Wolves cast fan and you want to come to Darby's, 6 p.m. Trivia, you could watch the Wolves and play trivia at the same time. You know, yeah, Scott has commentary watch for you on the microphone. And, yes, and, uh, I yeah. do. Yeah, and it's not really a sporty crowd; it's more of an <laughs> academic crowd in there for the uh, trivia nights. So like, shut uh, up and ask us questions, and I'll be like, "No, you're going to listen about basketball right now." <laughs> yeah, it's very much like that. They yeah. love me for it, though. So Wolves, come on, uh, on Tuesday, go to Indiana and win one fifteen to one fourteen. Improbable win for the Wolves Ooh. at the end. Yeah. <laughs> The Another re- really fun one. Never though. foul a three-point shooter, especially one oh my gosh. who makes it about as often as Ricky. Yeah, Ricky never makes threes, but he always makes his free throws. Definitely mm-hmm. a trade-off he will take at the end. Yeah, Ricky made three free throws to put the team up with like three and a half seconds left. Ice in his veins. He went 13 for 13 from free I'm throw. Rubio. I'm not like anybody else. So good, yeah. Yeah, that was... Uh, Let's uh, get that Mario coin. They had some video game sound effects in that arena. Oh, for free throws? Yeah. They, um, maybe, no, I'm thinking of the Lakers. They had like the, some... Like, okay. It was, it's like a ring. I think it was the sound of the Mario mushroom when you get bigger, like... Yeah. We don't have that anymore. Yeah. We got the Mario coin. That's relevant to our interests. It's the Phillips Arena that has the Sonic Nice. 
Nice. And the sad one you finish. You Sir guys know Foster. It. You all played these games. Um, it's fun to watch the uh, Wiggins uh, Paul George matchup. Paul George. I, I always think those two kind of squint. You know, Mirror you kind of. Well, you know, uh, Paul George was Wiggins' size when he got drafted. He grew yeah. two inches. Like, oh, Yanni. I didn't know that. Yeah, he went oh, from like six eight to six ten. Yeah, yeah, definitely. When I think of Paul George, I think of Wiggins' ceiling. Yeah, that's the ultimate guy he could become. Well, I, uh, you know, I think like Paul George is like career high is like forty points, maybe. Yeah. Like you'd be surprised. Like he doesn't really go on scoring binges that often. He's a pretty reliable scorer for like twenty. Yeah, but he's not like a like just can go on binges like Andrew can. You You're know? right. Yeah, Wiggins is currently more of a scorer, but I want Wiggins to level his game out, have some more Paul George defense yeah, up in there. That's I mean, what that's I'm hoping for. And I don't need Wiggins to be a you know top ten leading scorer in the league kind of guy. We need I want him to be able to lock guys down, you know, and and get on, get going on that end. He's great on offense. <laughs> I think we need him to be able to defend. I think that also it feels like you know Wiggins and George both settle for their jumpers a lot. You know, mid range stuff. Yeah, pull up stuff. I get that feeling a lot. God, George is so good though. Yeah, he's one of my favorite superstars in the league. It's just amazing to watch. Be you can do it all. To see where he goes. I love him in the playoffs. He was so good last year in the playoffs against the Raptors, and uh, I'm excited to see what they do. Yeah, we'll see if he's uh, bound for for uh, L A. for L A. or if he'll stick around in Indiana. We'll see. Um, yeah, but the Wolves get the win here. Uh, needed a win. Needed a win. Needed it. Needed it. Indiana, me, Indiana you know? was up super late. They were up nine points, which is their largest lead of the game, with five and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter. Didn't look good for the Wolves. Looked like it was going to be their seventh straight loss. But the Wolves just hung in there. It's great. It's good to see, it. good to see them get there. Yeah, and even though, you know, I don't know, it's kind of we're at that weird point of the year where a loss or a win can be rounded into a positive thing. <laughs> like, oh, well, we lost this, this terrible game to the Lakers. So, well, at least we got one in the, you know, in the tanking column. But I, it was still fun to see these wins, especially on the road, especially after they had already lost six in a row. Let's see him get one more here. Let's see him get a couple more here before the season's done. Hopefully so. not tonight against the Lakers. Lakers. Though. It's been a good week for Chris Dunn. I think it was good for his yeah. confidence. You can yeah, tell. Yeah. You can tell he's playing with more confidence. You know, and I think that matters a lot. I think it's uh, clear that his catch and shoot ability is a lot better than when he dribbles into a shot. True, because uh, he's made some nice threes, catch and shoot threes, and stuff like that. Um, playing great defense, man. I don't think there's anything I love. Like, I get the most joy when I watch the Wolves out of watching Dunn play defense. Like, that's the thing I enjoy the most about watching the Wolves when it happens. Because it is so much fun to watch him just hound people. And then not just hound his guy. Then he has to help and hound another guy and come back. He's always sticking his hands and passing lanes. I saw him, like, he, like, stole the ball, turned it over, and then stole it back again in, this, in the Lakers game, I believe it was. And yeah, wow. It's just a thrill. It reminds me a, a little bit of, like, when I first got used to watching Ricky where he'd have mm-hmm. the ball in offense and you were like, oh, man, anything can happen here, you know? And, uh, man, it feels – sometimes it's just so exciting watching Don play defense. I really want him to get his the rest of it together. He's, he's relentless. I, I like how he gets in the paint. I've never seen a guard play like that in the paint before. Like, he – it seems like guards, like, know their place for the most part. Like, nah, I don't go in there. He goes in there and tries to get blocks – Tries to get deflections. Oh, he gets so tries many to of those bother people. Other guys, man, you know, for for a guy who's six four or six three or whatever, that's that's intense. Huh? That's how you get blocks, though. You know, it's not you, you're not supposed to block the guy. Jump you're, shooter, you're, yeah, or, or like the, the role of like the big man is to contain his guy, and then the help comes over comes and across. Blocks, yeah. Yes, yeah. And so Dunn does that so much, and it's always thrilling to me. Um, so keep your head up, Chris Dunn. Keep going, bro. You're, you're my rookie of the year. Yeah. <laughs>
you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, anything else got on Indiana before we move on to some headlines? Um, you know, Bankers Fieldhouse Arena. Looks ugly. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it all. Also, while we're talking aesthetics, Lakers should never wear a black uniform. They're oh, always dumb. Oh, I don't like those, yeah. I, the thing they is, got the most uniforms. They, they don't got so have, many. Oh, yeah. I mean, the Cavs are probably up there, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, uh, Cavs. But it's just like... Black's not in your color scheme. Your color scheme is white, gold, and purple. Purple, you yeah, know? yeah. And so it's just jarring when someone wears yeah. a color that's not in their. their that's their fourth color. <laughs> they shouldn't rock that. Looks even bad. their whites look good. Yeah, look, yeah even their whites, whites look better. better. Their Sunday whites. Um, cool. Let's talk about some headlines. And one of our headlines this week is the Wolves are going to be in the lottery. The Wolves. Uh, that might have been the right one. Though. Yeah, Swish. There'd be more of a Swish. They're in the lottery. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, I like, I like it. Uh, yes, the Wolves have been out of the playoff picture here for a couple weeks or longer than that, depending on your, you know, belief in the team or whatever. But they've they've been locked into the lottery here for a little bit now, ever since their obviously their six game losing streak. They'll do and it because for of you. this wacky Western Conference this season, Whoa, being yeah. just you're always the playoff in. <laughs> means you're also closer to one of the worst records in the league. That's right. You, know? yeah. you, you the swing between being in like the top eight in the lottery and fighting for the eighth seed in the West has never been closer. Yes. So breaking it down here. Looking at the standings, most teams have about 10 games left, so things are winding down for most teams. Um, there are three teams I think are they got the top three locked up. Brooklyn has 16 wins, LA has 21 wins, and Phoenix has 22. They, to me, they, I don't know what the order is going to be. Obviously, LA and Phoenix with 21, 22, they could they could switch things up a little bit. Um, but other than that, I think things are things are pretty. Pretty locked in right there. But then the next five teams, that's where the Wolves are. That's, to me, where things get interesting. And, you know, I think that, you know, the Wolves have a chance to kind of move around right there. If you um, go to 538.com, they have a nice simulated season situation here. And you can see the bottom teams in the league. So Orlando, as of this recording, has 27 wins. They're the fourth worst team. New York has 28. Philly has 28. Sacramento has 29. And Minnesota has 29. That's like the next group, to me, where the Wolves can... They'll be anywhere up in there. Uh, are so the Pelicans and the Mavs close? Or are they, the Pelicans and Mavs. They breathe the, them down our throat. They currently have 31 and 32 wins. Okay, so they're in the 30s I feel like already. they're in the next tier already, right? So the Wolves are the best team out of these five. Wolves, Kings, Sixers, Knicks, Magic. You know, and it'll probably lay out in that order, I guess, if it, if it had to come down to it. But I think Minnesota, depending on how things go, you know, they got a couple games against the Lakers, a couple of games against teams that are not in the playoffs. So maybe they could get up a few more games, but I don't think they'll finish any higher, quote unquote, higher than eighth place. But I think they could get all the way down to like fifth or something like that. I don't think they're catching Orlando um, way down at fourth. They only have 27 wins right now, but the Wolves are right there with Statistics them. are fun. <laughs> so the Wolves are going to be somewhere between 8 and 5, I would guess. And this is before the lottery even happens. So that we're basing this on just how many ping pong balls you're going to get. We'll see how they bounce, and maybe someone moves up and you know allows the Wolves to get even closer or move back. I don't know what it'll be, but... The Wolves pretty much locked into a five, eight to five range, which is interesting because even a couple weeks ago I would have said like ten to eight was their range. Mm-hmm. They're moving up. Those six games in a row did some things. So yeah. Uh, so what do you how, think? How what do you think about that, Scott? We're, we're, what do you think about the Wolves? You know, getting up a little bit here. They're getting into <laughs> finding themselves in the in the top six, top seven, maybe. They could do it. They could they could get right there. I think. Well, I got I got something right here for you. With the fifth pick in the nineteen ninety five <laughs> NBA draft. The Minnesota Timberwolves select Kevin Garnett 
from Farragut Academy in Chicago. Trying to get the number five again? <laughs> I'm rooting for the losses, man. I'm there. I want the losses here on out. I'm cheering right. for the lottery standing. Yeah. I understand, you know, it would be nice to win more games than we did last season. You know, but how we're about at we 29. Do- We've matched our win total for last season as That's we record this. So, like, maybe we can win one more and just say we had some progress. But yeah, all I'm saying is, you know, I don't. I'm not saying it's the most important thing to get the most lottery balls, but yeah. if they're out here, why don't you just grab them? You know, yeah. like we're in this position. It's not like we were tanking all year, but now we're here and we have this opportunity. And all it take is like a bad like two weeks. Two weeks? We got two weeks of the season left. We got nine games Just as of this recording. Also, here's a great idea. Rest Wiggins and Towns. Play them like 20 minutes a game. Just make sure, you know, like you've already overplayed these people so much. Yeah. Why don't you let Chris Dunn and Tyus Jones start a game? Wouldn't that be fun? You I know? can see it. I can see it. Yeah. And, oh, man, it's just... Let's do it. You know, I, 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 I hate to be the guy who's like, it's time to cheer for losses, but, you know... You never know what the difference between that fifth and eighth pick could be. You know, yeah. it could be a huge difference. And wouldn't you rather be in the driver's seat? You know, that's right. You'd rather have that little bit higher pick. You know, somebody with you know smart people are saying, and you know, probably people more rational than me. You know, there's you know maybe eight great players, ten great players in this draft. So as long as you're in that top range, you're going to be fine. Yeah, you're going to get someone good. Speaking of which, let's look at uh, Draft Express's current. Top 10 uh, draft, uh, what do they call it, like a draft mock draft draft right here. Obviously, Fultz number one, Lonzo Ball two, Josh Jackson three, Jason Tatum uh, from Duke number four, Malik Monk five, and now we're into the Wolves range. Problem with this draft, and, you know, I think even if you're anywhere in the lottery, if you're a bad team, I think the best Best thing to normally do is just take the best guy, whatever. Just take the take the most talented player. You might argue that's what the Wolves did last year with Dunn. Uh, he didn't have a great year, but they just took him. But this year, with the Wolves maybe being around you know eight, nine, ten, point guard to me is the only position that I would say the Wolves should not draft. We'll see where they end up. Uh, we'll see what their situation is. But just a straight up point guard is the only thing I would say for the Wolves. To try to avoid even someone like Malik Monk, who's a combo guard, point guard, shooting guard. I could see that, you know. And, and again, you don't want to get too deep into oh, well, we already have Zach Levine. Why would we need a shooting guard? Well, let's not worry so much about that. To me, point guard is the one you can say that they have a bunch of young guys already. Uh, Tyus Jones, Chris Dunn, who knows about Rubio? We'll get to some of that here in mailbag. But there's so many point guards in this draft. Uh, Josh Jackson and Jason Tatum as small forwards. Those are two guys I wish the Wolves could end up with, but they're probably going to be top five guys. Uh, a lot can change. Yeah, you know, a lot, a lot can a change. Draft. A lot can change. change. Right now, um, and maybe we can get in the top five. This Draft Express mock has Sacramento at five, taking yeah. that five pick. And so, you know, they have the same amount of wins as we do right now. But looking into the mock draft where it is right now, uh, Lori Markkanen uh, from Arizona, the sharpshooting Seven footer. That works for me. Finish. Yeah, for me. <laughs> Great Shoot, shooting is what we need most. Yeah, of all, we know? need the best shooter possible. Um, and then Jonathan Isaac, uh, who we talked a little bit about a few weeks ago from Florida State. He's also a small forward who's in that range. Um, so yeah, definitely go check uh, out some of the mock drafts. See who you know is in the range for the Wolves right now. And and yeah, maybe we'll get up into that uh, five, six, seven range instead of staying back at eight, nine. The Wolves can continue to move up here with nine games left in this season. You know season. what's another good advantage of having like the fifth pick or the sixth pick instead of the eighth pick, Neil? Oh. That it might not seem like a big difference. Yeah, what? Well, maybe maybe we make a trade. Make this, a move. Season, you know, this could be the year. Maybe you trade know, out. It seems like everyone has these stars they want to get a big package for. You That's know? right. Jimmy, Bu- Jimmy Butler done in Chicago. 
Chicago? Well, how about we give them Zach Levine, Chris Dunn, and the pick? You know, wow. something like that. Yeah. You Let's can't go. trade Zach. No one's trading for an injured guy. You yeah. Know? He needs to play NBA events before he gets. But I'm just saying. Like, something like that. Let your minds run wild. They already yeah. do with these trade <laughs> off ideas. So, yes. You know, just speculate. Wouldn't it be better to have like a high pick that we can potentially trade, even if it is a point guard? Maybe we draft a point guard and we're like, who wants Monk? You who, know? Wants, who wants a Monk? Uh, wonderful. Yes. Uh, let's talk quickly, Scott, about uh, Carl Anthony Townsend's all NBA possibilities. Put some respect on my name. Remember that. Scott, do you think uh, Carl Anthony Towns will make an All NBA team? There's three All NBA teams. Towns is listed as a center. I don't know if he has the ability to go to the forward position. Maybe he does, like technically, um, in the well, voting. That is the question. <laughs> that was one of the things that I was like, you know what, Scott, to be informed on this podcast, you should look this up. I didn't. Mm. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, I think he could be. I think he's probably a power forward center. But for the, the for... same thing comes up with, uh, you know. Your first guy. I'm sorry. I just mm, yeah, Davis. right over you. Yeah, Davis. You tell you to pick, say your first guy. AD is movable. I think he's I, a I would, assume, I would assume Tom's can do the same thing. I, I think it's, it's uh, that's the thing I want to see is does it, you have to play like a majority of your games at that position or something? Mm. Or is it just however you want to craft your ballot so you can fit it as many people? Because on, it's you know? not like All-Star where they switch to guards and front court players. Like they still have position designations of guard, forward, center. And I wonder if AD's maybe played more of his games at power forward. Yeah, I think how it works is that you can pick. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's listed as a forward and center, and you can move them, you know, well, one of those two ways. I think Towns wants to be the center, and that's yeah. why he, because also he knows that's his quickest way to an all NBA team. Yes. You're not going to get beat the forwards in the West anytime soon. You yes. Know? You're not going to beat Durant and stuff. So uh, I think he probably saw that, and his agent saw that as the quickest way to hit, get him some of those all NBA appearances, maybe qualify him for a larger rookie extension, you yeah. know, when that comes up. And so it's smart. And, but, like, obviously a lot of games, Gorgie is playing center and Towns is playing power forward at the start of the game. Yeah. But Towns is still starting at center, you know? It, it, the designation matters a little bit. So I wonder if Davis is eligible. If he is, no doubt he deserves it more than Towns. So I didn't uh, – I listed my centers here. I didn't list my top 15 for, for all NBA. I think there's a lot of really good forwards in the league, too. So I think that kind of crowds up the forward positions no, it's gonna be by on these – to me, uh, Anthony Davis, uh, Rudy Gobert, and DeMarcus Cousins have had better seasons at the center position. Sorry, Towns. You're, you're fourth on my list in front of Hassan Whiteside, um, who was also straight balling. But Cousins, I know a lot of people don't like his personality. He's never on a winning team. But his his raw stats, if we're just looking at raw stats, Cousins, takes it, Cousins and Davis take it over Towns. Gobert gets the nod because... He's going to be all-team first defense, and because of what he brings on that side, plus his rebounds and blocks, he only scores like 15 points a game. But he's just been an amazing – he's just been a beast down there. So those are three guys that I would put above Towns. Maybe Towns can make it if someone moves somebody around for a forward position. Um, but that's how I would have him listed, just missing it this year. But he's definitely, you know, in the future going to be able to make one. Put some respect on my name. Remember that. Scott, you got him. You, at, better, you, you better hope Jim Pete doesn't hear this part of the podcast. He has been – rallying as hard as anyone. I want to see the voting. <laughs> saying Town should be first team All-NBA. He just hasn't had a complete season for he me. If it case. wasn't for those first two two months, maybe. But Towns has been, been bad defense this year. Um, he's been like like you know leading all centers in scoring since he's like got great numbers. the turn of the year. Oh, you know? yeah. Oh, yeah. If you, if, you, if you 
cut, do the cutoff thing where it's since this date, then yeah, Towns is a crazy. What's Gobert crazy... done for you lately? Nothing. <laughs> you know that guy doesn't even score that. Gobert many out of all these guys, his team is in the playoffs, so but he gets that you gotta, too. You got to discount that. All right, it's all NBA. <laughs> it's not about what teams make the playoffs. All right, defense matters. He's the best. Kevin out of Love all made all guys. NBA teams. We never made the playoffs. So what with do you Kevin have? Love? You have you have uh, you'd like you'd like to see Towns above Gobert here? Do you have Cousins and Davis above him, or what, what do you got? I'm willing to say Cousins can be above him. But not AD. Well, I'm saying AD is a power forward. He's, oh, he doesn't count. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a forward. Because a lot of people, you know, in their first team All NBA, you know, you go, you go Russell, you go Harden, LeBron, and then it's like Kawhi, AD. Or do you take one of those guards or forwards off and scooch them all down and have AD as your four, and then you can have a center like Cousins or Towns in in, in your. You first know, team. someone's just gonna like. They're going to give it to Draymond Green or something stupid like that. You know that's going to happen. <laughs> well, he'll probably win Defensive Player of the Year. So, we'll um, see. so I got Towns number two. I wonder, Second no team. love for Jokic. He's also uh, once again maybe it's since January. Half season once thing. he got started, once yeah. he got the starting he didn't play role. enough. Yeah, if his team makes the playoffs, you know, Ooh, if, it's be going to be because of him. That'd be big. Um, cool. But he's he is on Carl Anthony Towns. Congratulations, you're going to win your very first. Uh, all NBA Jack team. Jack jerky. <laughs> that's right. That's, that's right. right. That's right. All right, cool. That's going to do it for us. For I'm telling Jim Pete on you. Thank uh, You're going to have to. I'll have to defend myself for <laughs> in front of him. Um, I was going to say, I hope this losing streak doesn't make Andrew change his hairstyle. Yeah. I really Keep it like, alive. I really like it. And just because he's had some, like, we beat Indiana, but he's had a bad, he's had a bad week. Wiggins has been playing badly maybe the last two weeks or so. You know he's tired. Yeah, he's so tired. Yeah. And so... Uh, I just want to say, I hope that doesn't discourage him from it. I don't hope he's true, not superstitious. True. You know, like, man, I got to change the hairstyle. It's not working for me. Time to talk about our sponsor. Today's sponsor, gracious enough to uh, throw some money our way for speaking about them today, is Target Center Seat Sale. There's a sale coming up at Target Center, you guys, and it's not the garage sale at the beginning of the season, it's not a ticket sale. It's well, not a merch Neil, sale. Aren't, aren't you always trying to sell out? You're selling all the seats out, right? We're trying to sell all the seats. You're right. You're right. Target Center, you know, they, they sent us the thing. I said, we're trying to sell out all these seats. Yeah, I thought. And oh, it was confusing at first. Is, isn't that every game? It, don't, aren't you guys trying to put butts in those seats? No, this is different. We're talking about removing the seats from Target Center and selling them to people. Oh. Yes. Well, Target. I guess that makes sense. They had the renovation. They're all new seating next season. Remodeling is happening this summer. Target Center has uh, 19,356 seats. They got to go. I can't tell you how many places I've been in my life where I'm like, this place, this room could really use some seats. <laughs> you know, A room full of seats. If you need a whole bunch of seats... We know an arena who is uh, trying to move them. We all need more seats in our lives. Yeah. And with our increasingly sedentary lifestyle, more seats in the city. So That's right. Maybe add them to your den, your man cave, the attic. Maybe just store them in the garage in case you need like them for like a summer gathering or something. We all need a place to sit down. We got devices to look at. We got screens to stare at, to flick through. And that's hard to do standing up. We want to sit down for these situations. These seats were reupholstered within the last 10 years. Ooh. So they're not even that old. And I can tell you, no NBA seat has been sat on less in America than Timberwolves seats lately. They still got a little cushion them. They still you know, got a little A bounce. lot of these have, haven't been used for years. They're they're in rough shape, but they're not done. These You can still use these for years and years. These Target Center seats, they got some life left in them. 
Uh, most of them are blue, but uh, if you act now, you might be able to get one of the green ones. Ooh. There's a couple. There's a handful of green ones that made up the, the trim of the tree. It's supposed to look like trees. Goes all around. But yeah, so we got about 75 uh, green seats uh, out of the 19,000 that you know you could have in your home. Bring See, home a part of NBA history. That's right. One that will most likely be forgotten. <laughs> Get your Target Center seats now. Head over to the Target Center seat sale going on right now at Target Center. You can go to a game, leave with the seat you sat in. Just ask an usher. They'll help you out. They know what they're doing over there. They'll show you to your seat. <laughs> oh! That's right. Thank you for Target Center seat sale for their sponsorship and their support of Wolves Cast. Time to get to some mailbag. It's a 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 mailbag. Letters on letters like the alphabet, yo. This segment's called Mailbag. So if you got a question about the wolves, let us know. There's a good chance that we'll read it on the show. Yeah, send us your letters. Send us your messages. Send us your carrier pigeons. We want to hear from you. Yeah. It's the final edition of Mailbag for this season. Ooh. Probably. Probably, anyway. Thank you for sending in your questions. Wrap up the season. Neil, I didn't get to my question that I was going to ask you earlier. You had a mailbag question? Yes. Yeah. And it's host privilege. I get to supersede these real quick. Yeah, you get to go in first. So you saw the new Shaq statue, right? Yes. He's dunking. He's, he's lofted up into the air. He's holding onto the rim. The Timberwolves need to obviously build an inevitable statue of Kevin Garnett. Yeah. What pose do you think Kevin Garnett should be in? Wow. What a question. I came up prepared with my answer. Um, I want him screaming, mad-eyed, with one fist like pounding right above his heart on his chest. Yeah, I mean, the Game 7 win over Sacramento is kind of understood as the most iconic Timberwolves game. And him jumping up on the scorer's table, yelling at the crowd with the towel in his hand, pounding the chest. That's it right there. I mean, that is... Definitely a defining moment. It's kind of weird because it's a after the buzzer sounded moment. Like it's a not in game thing. Right. He's not shooting or blocking or, you know, in a stance or anything like that. He's. I mean, you could. We celebrating. We know his stances. You could have him posting up a guy. You could have him with the ball and the triple threat. But it's just like I feel like the passion is what you need to see. Like him screaming like crazy. It's either that or it's too bad this happened on the Celtics. We could have him like down on all fours barking. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, pounding the floor. To me, his, his like, iconic like on-court move is like a turn-to-the-baseline, sort of like fade mid-range jumper. Like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and what do you do with that? So I like your idea of having him you know, standing up, pounding his chest, celebrating. That He's should known be for part of the Target Center renovation. I can't believe they didn't talk about that, you know? Good question, Scott. That's uh, Scott. He is at Scott Olstad on Twitter. Definitely check him out. He's uh, out here answering, uh, you know, asking questions. You should follow me. All right. So I'm trying to get some questions from people who are not hosts on the show. We're going to start uh, with Paul. Uh, at Paul Winkles on Twitter, uh, we play uh, full disclosure. We play pickup basketball. With hope Paul. you're feeling better, Paul. <laughs> full disclosure. Paul got his Achilles kick the other night, so I hope he doesn't have to have uh, surgery, and uh, hopefully he's uh, still doing okay. Thoughts out and shout outs and love go to you, Paul. Yeah, you you you'll be all right. You get back out there. We'll see. We'll see you on the court Alexi, soon. <laughs> change change his face. Be happy. Enjoy. Paul asks, uh, "What do you think Tibbs thinks?" Of each of the starters, a small part of me thinks he's not in love with Andrew Wiggins. Um, good question. I don't think we need to go through each of the starters, but Scott, do you think there's any starters 
who Thibodeau thinks maybe for next year, I don't know if this guy should start. <laughs> like, do you oh. think he's trying to? Because to me, that's what the question's about. It's eh, maybe personality a little bit, but it's mostly about what does Thibodeau think of these guys as basketball players, as far as you know, putting together a team that can make the playoffs. Are there any positions in the starting five that you think? You know, maybe uh, maybe Thibodeau will change for this next season. Oh, I would say the obvious one might be Zach, but we're going to talk about that. Yeah, in just a minute. I would say I think he I think he loves Wiggins. He plays Wiggins like forty minutes a night. I think he would play Wiggins every minute of the game if he was allowed to. Like he either I, loves him or is confounded by him and and feels the need to like I got to just get the most sample size here to figure this out. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe you could. I just I disagree. I just think that like. I think I mean it's hard to think about this because yeah. Wiggins has played the most minutes in the NBA this season. Woo. So you know there's not many Timberwolves minutes you can think of and recall when he's not on the floor. But try to think about those minutes, those lineups that don't have Andrew Wiggins on the floor. They usually don't Shout do too to well. Wiggs, man, right? He's finally listening. That's right. Shout to Drew Wiggs because we need him. We usually, I mean, I'm sure uh, people with plus-minus numbers could actually look this up and see if I'm just off my rocker, but it just seems like this team needs Wiggins to go, you know? He's kind of the workhorse, even if he's not necessarily always scoring the most or getting the most rebounds or assists. Mm, yeah. We need him out there. I think Gorgie Jang is the other player who potentially could be a guy who is, you know, as effective or maybe even more effective coming off the bench. I think the team will probably look to upgrade at the shooting guard and uh, power forward positions as far as starters go for this year, and add Zach Levine and uh, and Gorgie Jang to potential bench guys for next year. Just kind of really shore up that depth. Gorgie will always have a chances to start when we play against a team with large centers. Yeah, because Towns doesn't want any part of that oh, yeah. business. So there's plenty of chances until Towns can beef up and you know to become strong enough to match up against every center in the league. We're gonna need. Gorgie out there taking all those bullets on defense because that guy sacrifices mm. his body for this team. Yeah, way up there in charges. Keep taking them charges, Gorgie. We love you, G. <laughs> G9! All right, uh, next question um, comes to us from Zach. Zach Binks on Twitter. He asked, could you see Tibbs asking Zach to be a six-man next year? Would he take such a role, and could it be a turning point for the team? Uh, yeah, I think, uh, like we just said, that is another thing that Thibodeau probably looks at as something to happen next year. Obviously, Zach Levine's injury kind of clouds all this up. Also, his contract that he's due uh, next year, if they do decide to offer him a, an extension or maybe let it ride into restricted free agency, as they're doing with Shabazz Muhammad right now. Uh, you know, I would maybe bet on the latter as far as those things go. But I do think a six-man move is in order for the Wolves. Again, we'll talk more about potential free agents uh, before the season is over, maybe next episode or the one after that. But I think if a guy like J.J. Redick comes in here, someone like that, I think a vet shooting guard, you know, you get him to start, and then you bring Zach off the bench. I don't know who it's going to be, but again, I think they'll try to upgrade in the shooting guard and power forward position, bring a vet in, bring someone who knows a little bit more and could do this, and Zach will come off the bench. What do you think, Scott? I splash like Zach Levine. Uh, think you know, Zach's gonna be splashing from the bench. Think, or? I didn't even think about free agents. That's a great call. That could really—that's where they're gonna that shore really this push stuff him up. to the bench for real. It's not gonna be the draft pick taking any of these guys' a spot. They're no. gonna have to sign somebody to take these guys' a spot. I would think. I mean, 
shooting guard and Tim Rolls free agent signings. Wow. I mean, come on. <laughs> Kevin the, Martin. The best, Kevin Martin's the best shooting guard in Tim Rolls history. That's right. I will say that. He's right. the best one in team history. He's so. getting to the free throw line somewhere right now. We don't have a great reputation. And ideally, you know, you want to sign. I would like to sign someone who plays small forward and have Wiggins start at shooting yep. guard. You know? I, yeah, me too. I would love that. So, I think there'll be something like that. I think the key to getting Wiggins to come off, I mean, Levine to come off the bench is probably twofold. First is tell him you want to ease up his minutes uh at the beginning of the season be like mm. you're coming back from your injury we're not going to give you starters minutes that's how it's going to be and that's how you get it that's, yeah, that's how you get started. And then once you're winning, it then once you're winning you're like you can't change up the flow we're winning we're zach all right you're i think gonna, the other thing buy is, in right zach get get him signed you know extend him hmm. i don't know like i think the wolves and the zach, zach levine's agent and the wolves will probably have a mutual they have a mutual interest in finding a compromise there maybe not yeah. the max but definitely well paid. A little bit less would be because cool. I mean, you could say, okay, we'll we'll let Zach play an in like an injury season, like recovering from injury season, and then like see if anyone else wants to give him a max. But you don't know how he's going to perform this year. Take the money, you know. I think the Wolves aren't going to get a huge discount, but if you just extend him, and then you don't have to worry about. It. You'd be like, you got your money, dude. Come off the bench, you know. Yeah, that would make that ask maybe a little bit easier. That's why it's going to be easier for Gorgie, too. It's like, man, you got your money right now, so you you know you're part of this team. And I think they would, even though he'd be coming off the bench, I still think they could give him 30-plus minutes a night. You know what I mean? He would still be playing starters-ish minutes. What you always, but he, it would just be about the squads that are out there at the same time. But you always tell the six-man. Yeah. Who starts? Ah, who finishes? He'll, he'll be out there it's in who, the end. It's who finishes the game. Just keep shooting the ball. You'll be it fine. It really matters. Uh, yeah, so that's what we think. Adrian Payne finished the game in Portland. Ooh. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay, last questions here. They're kind of similar questions, so we're going to read them together and then address them as one. First question comes to us from someone just known as Dad on Twitter. Um, he goes by at Bitch and Zombie. Uh, his question is, with the recent play uh, and Dunn's lack of aggression, uh, does Rubio stay a wolf throughout the offseason? Also, what do you think uh, brought on his play, seeing other point guards doing what they're doing? Or has Ricky just become more confident? And then uh, Vince asks us, he is at Vincent Anderso. No, not Anderson, Anderso. Uh, he asks, is Ricky now a viable scoring option? If so, what to what's to be done with Chris Dunn? Good oh, pun. Good pun, pun, bro. Good pun, it, bro. It works, it works uh, you know, in text better. <sighs> Definitely does. But I thought you did well with the voice. Okay. Uh, so point guard discussions based on Ricky's wonderful play as of late. Does it change anything? Could it be that Ricky has proven that he can be the point guard of now and the near future for the Wolves. That is that is the question. Uh, good good question. I think it, ha- but it's interesting because it is the combination of Ricky playing well and Chris Dunn having a terrible season at point guard. <laughs> you know, Chris Dunn, especially on the offensive end, has been a huge problem. He has not been able to organize an offensive team, get offense going, make shots. Um, he's been worse from the field shooting than Rubio. So all those things combined with how Rubio has been playing kind of really brings this into more of a question than it was throughout the season. You also have to, uh, it's, it's interesting in a couple of aspects because on one hand, you have to look at the market this summer. There's going to be several point guards who are free agents already. It's easier for a team to just sign a guy than to trade for a guy in most true, cases true, true. unless they're capped out. Capped out teams that aren't going to want Ricky. I don't think so. I mean, he's got a good, you know, yeah. cap figure, I suppose, but probably too much for cap. Anyways, you get it. Um, 
and also we were just talking about this draft. Everyone's going to go point guard crazy. Five point guards in the top ten. And yeah. so if the Sixers draft a point guard with like you know the third pick after the Lakers tra- transfer their pick, you know, or the fourth pick, <laughs> and the Sixers draft a point guard, you do think the Sixers want Ricky to come in and like take minutes from that guy? I don't. I don't think so. So it's once again what we've been talking about all season. Where's the market for him, and where would he go? And if your real goal is to develop your young guys. Sands Dunn, I suppose, but even though Dunn seems like he's playing better when he plays with Ricky than without Ricky, as we all would. I think I think I would play better with Ricky, you know, everyone plays better <laughs> with Ricky. Yep. But um, I think there's an argument to be made that it, for development reasons, it's best for the young guys if Ricky is the point guard next year. Yeah, I think Ricky, you know, the question was what, you know, what brought on this play? I think he's playing the way he normally has. He is way more confident, though. Yeah, he's finally a, hitting those it's shots. It's the confidence of his rookie year. Yes. He is trying stuff at the rim. I mean, he got stuff like crazy his rookie year, but he had such confidence his rookie year. He would take game-winning shots like without hesitating. It was his knee injury that really harmed his confidence. And as with most things with Ricky, it's injuries. And he was injured at the beginning of the season. He was injured some last season. He, and so, like, I think it's more confident in his body as his health has been going because now he's, like, doing stuff around the rim that we've never seen him do. You yeah, know? the finishing of the rim is, is, is definitely impressive. I think the shooting stuff could also be a part of when they, he first started working with a shooting coach, they said, oh, this is going to be two to three years. Yeah. Well, we're seeing the fruit of that now. Yeah. That was that, that Mike Pemberthy stuff was that long ago, and now I think he switched over to working with Peter Patton, the team shooting um, doctor. So, you know, Our maybe friend he's had, Britt from Britton Bauer yeah. says that it's because Tibbs Rick, told Ricky, if you want to stay on the court, you have to take those shots. And so it's one of those things, it's what Flip would always said uh, was about Ricky with the mental thing. Because yep. when Rick, Ricky shoots great from the free throw line, because when he knows his only option is great to shoot, he can shoot. Yep. And so it's about making up his mind. And you see him make up his mind sometimes even now where you're like, wow, that wasn't even like the greatest time to take a shot, Ricky. But it's the aspect of him being like, I'm taking the shot. It's my 1A, and I'm not like looking to pass it while I'm going up. Like That's been helping him as well. He looks so confident. And then I love it. as far as Dunn goes, I think Jerry's out whether he's a point guard or not. I think time will tell here in the next year, 18 months. We'll learn more where he's suited to be. But right now, it looks more like he's more of a shooting guard, more of a two guy um, who can run alongside a point guard. So I think that's maybe where Dunn comes into play, and that can be open for, for him going forward. I think the other side of this that's interesting is that every team now, it used to be like, is Ricky good enough to be one of the best, like 20 point guys, yeah. top 15, top 20? Because there's yeah. only 30. Yeah. But it, it's now every team needs at least two you good point two guards. Solid like guys. two good ball handlers. Yeah. And because you want to switch it, you want to swing it around the court, switch it, have a ball handler on the weak side so you can run another set of action if, you know, the defense overcrowds one side. And so. We're seeing like all these lineups we're going up against that are so small now. Like the Lakers, yeah. we saw it. Uh, Dunn got a lot of run against the you know Pacers because like Monte Ellis is so small and stuff. Like they had a lot of small guys. There's so many teams now that have like play two guard lineups or three guard lineups even that. Dunn doesn't need to necessarily be a point yeah. guard to have a room on this team necessarily. Can guard the other team's best point guard and play off the ball on offense. Right, exactly, and he, he's been capable of that now. So that's one of the, another reason why it's like. Maybe we keep Ricky and we could add another point guard, you know, because we're getting to a spot in the NBA where every team's going to have a two or three guard lineup. That yeah, on. I think you let it ride until you're forced until you get a great deal or your hands forced on a certain situation. So just remember, I'm Ricky Rubio. I'm not like anybody else. All right, time to get to uh, weekly Wolfies. Now presenting your weekly. Wolfie. Giving out awards for the stuff we saw this week. 
Um, I'll get us started off here. Weekly Wolfies. I'm going to give my Wolfie to the three-point guard lineup. That's right. We saw it uh, saw it a little bit this week. Mostly in that Laker game. Three coins for three-point guards. Mostly in that Laker game, as we referenced, the uh, Lakers were playing three shorties. So we did the same, too. Going small. Going a little small ball. Also, I think it's a product of end of the season. Throw it out there. Let's just roll oh, with yeah. it. Who's healthy? Let's just see who's... <laughs> exactly. That, too. Yeah, the amount of bodies that are available also plays into this. But I just like seeing this from Thibodeau. From Thibodeau, um, you know, to be able to go with this lineup, to give it a shot, to not to ha- not to have to have a traditional wing out there, um, to have three legit 6'4 point guards uh, out well, there see, running things. We see a lot that Dias... Dyson. Dyson, yeah. Di- I was going to say Dyson. Dyson Jones, yeah. And Dunn. No, Dyson Dunn. Dunn. Uh, Tyus and Dunn have some real chemistry brewing. He's got the dope alley oop this yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One to the other. And so so they've got some good chemistry running a two-guard lineup. And they complement each other because uh, Tyus is a good point guard who can run an offense and can't play a lick of defense. And Dunn is like maybe the best <laughs> defender on the team. Yeah. And so it's fun to watch those two together. But I did enjoy seeing Ricky and Dunn play together because, man, they, that is a suffocating backcourt. They, you said, know? they said it couldn't be done. They said there's not enough shooting. It, it, can't, it can't be done. You can't play those two guys together. Well, Wolves, well, well. small sample size. They played this lineup for two and a half minutes the other night. And in, in That's that, two and a half minutes of my game. week. They were 15-2. and two. They went on a 52 run while that happened. So... Statistics are fun. You know, it could, you know, that's a small sample size, but it could be something to look at for the future. And at this point, it gives you a look at Jones off the ball, or excuse me, Dunn off the ball, and gives you just a look and see what these guys could be if they weren't backup point guards or whatever. So I think it's interesting for this season. I'm glad they did it. That's my Wolfie of the Week. I like it. Scott, uh, who gets your Wolfie this week? Shabazz Muhammad continues to stay thirsty. He's thirsty. He is that. Shabazz is thirsty on the road. You know, I dipped my toes in the dark side of the internet to bring you this story. What does that mean? The dark internet? No, <laughs> not like the deep web. Okay, not, okay. I'm not buying like yeah. weapons and drugs on the Silk Road okay. through Tor. You yeah, know? of course you wouldn't. Man, we got to scrub that part. Now the government, you know the government's going to get You said me. you're not they're, doing it. I know, but you know they just like scan all they this know. stuff. It's, they know better. It's, this is Trump era, man. They're not being discerning about this stuff. Yeah, they just look for any mention of the dark internet. Yo, uh, we love Donald Trump. Hail Donald Trump. You're the so, best. Uh, yeah, don't hurt us. You're the best. Um, now that we've got that out of the way. Uh, so I got a link sent to me from our friend Akon. And it was about, it's called Shabazz Muhammad Sidechick DM'd his alleged girlfriend after he stranded her. Hotnewhiphop.com brought you that breaking beat. Wow. It's what about a URL. a Instagram model, Noelle Bianca, claiming that Shabazz Muhammad paid to fly her out to Portland to hook up with them, had sex, and then left her for a different woman and stranded her in Oregon without plane tickets home. Hmm. And apparently then this Instagram model contacted another Instagram model who is allegedly Shabazz's girlfriend, maybe, and was like complaining about it. But anyways, I was like, this is this is juicy. But this I don't is... know. I don't know. Like, what kind of wolfie? Who's getting it? So I did a little more digging. Yeah. And I saw there's a whole string of like websites. There's a whole crop industry. <laughs> Of this, where it's like this, this is this person a side chick for this NBA baller, and oh. then and then it's always like it makes sense for these models though to start it up because then all these websites are like, 
this is unconfirmed, but apparently this Instagram model did this. Here are 15 hot photos of her from Instagram now. Just we're on our photo. So, so you, you know see what this. you're getting into. Yeah. And so it's just like its own little hype industry. And so these people can get quite a bit of followers and fame from like making up these little stories. And sure enough, wow. Noel Bianca made up a story about Zach Randolph three years ago <laughs> on Instagram saying that he abused her. And oh, uh, apparently she told the police afterwards that she made it up. And so oh, all right. um, I'm going to give the wolfie to her for being terrible, but also to the industry that feeds this. this is a really weird consumer market of this kind of like Instagram people doing stuff for fame and like just creating a ruckus. And then like all these websites like hip hop, hot, hot new, new hip hop dot com. Just I can't just breaking news. From all hot these new URLs. If you search just like the headline, if you're like, <laughs> I want to find out more. We're not going to link this in the in the show notes. So if you're like, I want to search this to see what he's talking about, you'll see the same headline, the same two paragraph story oh, in about 15 different websites that are all just built on this cottage industry. It's weird. It's weird. And I'm not for it. <laughs> My weekly wolf, it goes to that. Shame on you. Shout out to hotnewhiphop.com. All the hey, Shabazz Muhammad continues to stay thirsty. He is thirsty. He is that. Okay, cool. Time to play a game. Game, game, game. This song will be stuck in your head for the rest of the night, 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 night. It sticks in your ear. All right. Always. Banjo, I love Always. you. Always. Nintendo, please don't sue us. <laughs> All right, Neil, here's the game. All right. I was thinking about this the other night. Well, I'll get into it. I was watching I was watching Andrew Wiggins do that spin move into the lane mm. for that layup. And I was like, you know what? That used to be his signature move. I wouldn't say it is anymore. Yeah, you see it every now and then. But it used to be his signature move. Yeah. And so I decided I'm going to... I'm gonna. Tell you a few signature moves, and you tell me which Timberwolves player this season I'm talking about. Okay? This season, this yeah. year, this is all current wolves. All, all right? right, all right, all right. First up, first two are a little easier. Okay, first up one, catch the ball baseline, unfold a deck chair, and shoot. <laughs> uh, that would be uh, Gorgie Zhang. The best description ever. His jump shot is like unfolding a deck chair. Unfolding it it deck looks chair. like it. It looks like it. It's the best thing. <laughs> all right, next one. I think you can get this one too. An ankle-breaking crossover into a brick two-point jumper. How about uh, young KD, Chris Dunn? That's right. Yeah. All right, Neil. Next one. A screen at the elbow into a two-point jumper. Andrew Wig. Mm. Ah. Ah. I'm thinking Zach that. Levine. A screen at the elbow. Yeah, it's basically, a screen where it ends up with a jumper at the elbow. What? Who is it? It's Ricky. I'm going uh, Ricky's signature shot yeah, now. Yeah, you're right. Coming it, it could be pick. maybe the catch and shoot three. I mean, I like his his fun. You know, you remember his fun moves around the rim, but that's definitely not a signature shot. No, you know? so no. I think it's come around the pick. He's got wide open because everyone goes under the pick on yeah. Ricky, and so I think that's probably his shot off the dribble, Jay. Yeah. All right, next one. It's a left block post up, pivot baseline, left hand floater. Uh, Carl Towns. Well, it could be. I was, I was going to someone, someone else. <laughs> Who loves their uh, left-handed floater from the uh, block? Oh, lefty lefty floater would be Bozzy. Yes. Bozzy, Bozzy. There we but go. But Towns got that left, too. He's yeah. been surprising with the left-handed been post, better lately. post play. Ooh. All right, next up, Neil. This one, this one could be controversial. I can see us struggling on this Oh, one. boy. Post up on the low block and do a baby hook shot. 
I mean, I just said Towns, but it could be him or it could be, uh, uh, we already said Gorgie Zhang. Uh, who else posts up? Uh, I'll say Towns. I'll say Towns. Yeah. yeah that was the one for Towns. That was the one for Towns. Yeah. He's got, he's got that. So I think that's his signature shot. He takes a lot of different shots. He's very versatile. But the one yeah. I think that is his bread and butter lately has been put his shoulder into a guy, then flip up that little baby. That's what he wanted to be anyway. Yeah, exactly. Get your points down there where it's easy. Bring it back to Kentucky, my friend. Yeah, yeah. All right. Last run, Neil. It's a post-up, pivot baseline, fadeaway jumper. Post-up, pivot, fadeaway jumper. Uh, Andrew Wiggins. Yes. That's his favorite thing now. The fade. He loves to po- I, I, I think he's a better shooter if he posts up the guy first. He wants to like, feel the guy, bump the guy, and then <laughs> you know, it's always like, which way is he going to turn? And then he turns away from the guy and Whoa. then does this crazy fadeaway jumper. And I'm always like, wrong shoulder there, but he makes it anyway. I think I said it best earlier this season when I said that, uh, you know, Towns is uh, taking the bad two point shot. Uh, when Towns is taking bad two point shots, I was like, Towns is taking bad shots like Wiggins does, but Wiggins can make bad shots. Ah, That's yeah. what it is. Wiggins' favorite shot is Ooh. taking that fadeaway jumper, and he makes it. And every time he does it, I'm like, no. No, no, every no, time, yes. yes. No, 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 yes. I'm getting to the point where I just trust it because I know like that's his favorite thing to do. Yeah. That's it right there, Wiggins. There you go. Signature shots. Signature shots. Wolf cast telling you what's up. What's your signature shot, Neil? What would you say yours is? Um, when I'm on the court, my signature shot is um, it is a it's like a baseline mid range baseline mid range J. You know what I mean? Space yep, out, I've seen and it. just catch it and shoot it. I've seen know? it many times. Just do that. What about you? What's yours? Uh, probably just offensive tr- rebound. Offensive rebound. Try to put it back in. Offensive rebound. Put back. Yeah. So yeah. the bulk of my energy goes. Yeah, that's that's an easy one for you. That's, I do the dirty work. So you, know? you make your living. You're down there banging. That's right. You're down I'm, there boxing. I'm, I'm the Gorgie Jane in this relationship. <laughs> that's right. All right, uh, Wolves Cast. That's a wrap for our show uh, this week, everybody. Appreciate you listening. The Wolves are winding down their season. They're losing lots of games. You're still here listening to this podcast. Listen, this is You're what, hardcore. You know, the, the, being competitive and stuff was foreign to us. This is what we're good at, Wolves Yeah. Fans. This is where we excel. Yeah, down We'll here. bring you all that. Like, like people don't. I, I pity Spurs fans that don't know the fun of a lottery party. That's right. Like, you, you've never gotten together with your friends to watch the lottery balls come out? Yeah, because cross your fingers and hope. That is as big of a date on our. That's actually a yeah. bigger date on our calendar than draft oh, yeah. day every year. Oh, yeah. It's a lottery day. It's coming up. And so I We're guess, the six-week mark. If you don't understand that that's a holiday, you're not a Timberwolves fan. You know? That's what I'm saying. Yes. So that'll be coming up. We'll be here for you. Yeah. Um, thank you for listening. If you want to listen to another cool podcast, uh, my sister-in-law has a podcast called Presidents and Assholes. Oh, check that out. Just got on iTunes. They talk about presidents, and it's really fun. So I'll have that linked up in the show notes for you guys. Give it a listen, everybody. Give us a review. Give them a review, but give us a better review. And, uh, you know, keep being terrific we love yeah. we love uh we love all thank you very much for listening there's two episodes left in uh for the season for wolf's cast and uh yeah we'll see you next week that boy's name was andrew terrapata and that boy is here he is at this game tonight flew in today from tennessee and is flying back tomorrow because this is the only game he could go to on spring break you're watching the timberwolves for the very first time i know you're a huge timberwolves fan andrew why are you such a big timberwolves fan because of the way they treat each other